Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Claudia, I am going to miss this series. I think we've had a little bit of fun with fake goals. You have to slow down and deepen your voice when you say fake goals. It has to be a little bit sinister. (laughs) Well, last week was kind of a heavy week. It was a little depressing as we talked about dangling the carrot. So sort of goals, a promotion, a raise, something better that we sort of try to use to motivate our employees to get them to achieve to their maximum potential that we're not entirely sure that we can truly fulfill. Exactly. And oh, these things backfire. And that leads us to this week where we talk about double standards. So when we set our goals, we have double standards. We do. And we don't even think about it. We think, you know, know, I'm I'm the manager. I'm the department head here. And you're thinking about the next year and sales and production and what's involved and how to get your team to the next level. And, you know, goals is, is an appropriate line of thinking as a team. It's just, it's great. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. And yet somehow we leave ourselves out of the thinking um, most all of the time. And we do not include ourselves in the group of people that's got to um, up their game and uh, stretch and reach and give a little more. And that's just another little, I won't even say little, little to big hit on our credibility. We have a double standard. We want everyone else to go an extra mile and we are not modeling it first. That's right. We do talk a lot about starting with ourselves first, turning that eye, that critical eye on ourselves before we even to model it to our employees. And it strikes me that most of what we've talked about in our series this week, big targets, arbitrary targets, changing, moving targets, has a lot to do with that leader lacking information. Mm-hmm. So really doing their own the, the research beforehand. It's kind of a false luxury of being in charge. Everybody feels it. And so, you know, if a goal doesn't get met, you know, it's not boss's job that's on the line. You know, it's mine. You, the employees bear all the risk of this stuff. And that just feels nasty. It feels powerless. It feels, you know, you're waiting to be judged on did we get it or not. And so you're immediately at odds with this person. And that's just a leadership fail on the manager's part to set up, you know, goals or any standards of, you know, performance measurement and then a performance evaluation for that evaluation, not to be some kind of we versus them judgment day. It's got to be more of a partnership. And the only way to establish that is to include yourself as one of the accountable team members we're making the goals happen. And do your work, right? Before you set these goals, before you decide what targets you're going to try to meet, you're going to have to do the work beforehand to decide them. Right. And so, so let's think about this for a minute because, you know, you don't have this information. You just want to you're coming up with stuff that everyone else has to bear. What we're saying is as you think about, you know, where to set goals, set the first set of goals for yourself. So, you know, how are you going to help be helping sales increase? So if you're you know, going to ask 20% out of everyone else, how are you going to make that 20% happen? And how are you going to communicate that to the team that you're on the line for making this happen too? This is the problem. Well, the problem with double standards is that what applies to everyone else doesn't apply to you. So their job's on the line, but your job isn't on the line. Now, that's a huge failure in organizations on the whole. And we call it downward accountability versus upward accountability. And most organizations are organized around downward accountability, that you 
you know, the people below you on the chart are accountable to you. And we're big believers in upward accountability. And if a team does not accomplish a goal, whatever everyone's culpability in that is, is needs to be thought about, but it's a failure of up the chain. Because you weren't able, you know, you, you weren't, weren't able to something. Yeah. Couldn't get your team together. So, you know, to beat them, to fire them, to change them is, I think, would happen last. I think you would be the first to go. Not the problematic team. It's funny the problematic because problematic leader. It's funny because it strikes me that in sports, that's an analogy where we believe that. That's so true. A team doesn't do well. Who goes? Who goes? The coach is the first one to go. Exactly. So that's a actually what we're looking for when we talk about double standards. Is the team can't pull it together. The problem with coaching, and it's the same at the office. There's a problem with the leadership. Now we're talking to leaders. So what we're saying is, if you can own that at the start and say, I am the first person accountable for my team being successful. Everything comes out of you differently and how you approach everything than if you know, you're somehow safe and secure and you need to be this kind of whatever people think they need to be. It usually ends up in some form of bullying to get people to up their game. Well, it strikes me too that it's not popular for leaders to be outed as these sort of hierarchical sort of domineering bosses. So what we do is we use these sort of management techniques to sort of create an atmosphere where people are somewhat involved, or at least you say that they are. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you start doing things like withholding information. You start doing things like, you know, making executive decisions without input. You start doing things with, and it just leaks out. It leaks out that you really aren't taking care of your employees. There's no upward accountability. As we said, you don't regard yourself responsible for their success or their failures. Or their failures. So people, you know, just stop. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry that you don't hold yourself responsible for their failures. That's what I meant really in this hierarchical. So I think most leadership is still up down. That's how we view it, regardless of how much we talk about it not being. And if that's not the case, then I think a big clue is that most people do not like their bosses. Most people yeah. are trying to put one over on someone to get a decent. They go about ways of manipulating their own ways in order to get a better That's what it working has environment. To be, because this person's job secure. You got a goal to meet. They're going to judge you. You're either going to be fired, or you're not going to get your raise, or you're going to get a bad mark in your file or something. So you just got to do whatever it takes to make it seem like that's not the case. So people, instead of performing, they start playing games. Well, I, I guess the more we complain about our employees as, oh, nobody likes working anymore, can't motivate them, nobody, the more that's a clue that you're not investing enough time in that. It's excuses. Relation. It's all excuses. That's, that's our bold assertion here at Working Matters is any blame, any moving anything off of you as a leader is a total excuse. If people do not want to work on your team, that's because of you. If people are not pulling it together, it's because of you. If they're stealing, it's because of you. All of these things, people, if people have to protect themselves from you, you got to look at yourself. And leaders who will not look at what they're doing that's creating the situation where people are not wanting to work and not wanting to work hard are deluded. It's a form of blindness. I mean, it happens on a systemic scale. You talk about working in government institutions where systemically there's no accountability, where systemically everyone is job cannot be evaluated or thought about or talked about in any way. And then you go in and you say, oh, county employees are lazy and they don't do anything. Well, no, that's 
their bosses. That's the system. It's, they're in a place that makes effort meaningless. You know, you put them in a different setup, a different accountability, you know, they would function differently. But the failure of accounting employees is not their failure. It's the failure of their leaders and the failure of a system that is set up to, you know, demotivate. To, de- to demotivate. Really, this is kind of, you know, almost our theme is, you know. I like the word platform. Our platform. Yeah. We, that first place to look is yourself. Our number one question and our question of the week column is how might you be a part of the problem that won't go away? I mean, if you got a problem, got something to deal with, first question is how might you be a part of it? And that's what we want to do with goals. Is if we're going to set goals, we got to start with ourselves. We got to demonstrate that we're accountable for the goal as well. If it's a learning goal, if it's a changing goal, it's the attitude goal. If it's we got to hunker down in a tough economy, then you're the first to hunker down. People aren't going to get a raise, and you're the first to not get a raise. You know, if you want them to take a cut, then you better take a big cut. If you know you want people to work overtime, you better be there. Better be the first one there and the last one to go. As long as there's a double standard, you're giving people just a, you know, a reason not to trust you and not to get on board themselves because it doesn't matter if they meet the goal or fail to meet the goal. You know, you've put them in a uh, lose-lose situation. Well, I certainly enjoyed this topic more because of the insights it gives us about really being that if we're going to set aside the time to try to motivate our employees, that we need to do it right and really a challenge. And if we're kind of at a loss in how to do that, that um, obviously we're available for those kind of resources and love to have a conversation about motivating your staff with you. Yeah, if you see yourself as one of these people where you feel that we were describing you, but you don't see it, you know, you just don't see what you're doing, let's talk about it together because that's a great insight to come to and the world of alternatives opens up for you. So we look forward to those conversations and to hearing from you. I do. I think for the most part, I think particularly as Americans, we think leaders are born. I think that's sort of our, that somehow there are people with these amazing abilities to just lead people. But that's not always true. I mean, we really need It's very rarely true. Most leaders have a season of success, and they deserve credit for a portion of that success, but that success is also a combination of a lot of other factors. And that season usually ends for them. Very few who are consistently, amazingly successful over time. So it's, you know, to be a lifelong learner, to be someone who is changing and growing and deepening and expanding your repertoire of leadership skills, that's the people who have the best opportunity to face whatever comes their way. Well, we're on the web at boldenterprises.com. We always welcome your comments, suggestions for future podcasts and overall venting, particularly about incompetent bosses and or employees that drive you nuts. And we do that as a positive way to have an outlet for those feelings that are are too common a frustration for us in daily work life. We're at boldenterprises.com. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.